0: Pause your word counts and enjoy.
1: Hey, everybody. So as you know, we are often asking agents and editors to do 10 query podcasts because it's really exciting for you to hear us narrate what's in the inbox. And of course, most people kind of assume things about what our inbox looks like that are not true. So I get the sense everyone thinks that I'm sitting here with like five queries and they're all coded in neat tags and color coded filing systems and super organized. And I'm just kind of sitting here like, "Eh, I could get back to them, but why? Right now, just to give you guys an idea, I have 861 queries waiting. The oldest one is March 12th. So I'm doing okay. Like things could be worse. Nobody today has written to tell me I'm a horrible person for not getting back to them in three hours. So it's been a good day. I also organize my inbox with some tags that auto-sort in Gmail. So whenever there's a pitch contest, I have them automatically apply these tags so I can find them all at once. Um, So there's one of those for all of the major pitch parties in here. I also have tags for things that are name of intern and would recommend, name of intern would not recommend, name of intern isn't sure. Um, so that way we can go through each one and talk about why I agree or disagree, and they can learn a little bit more about how this process works, because this is something they will, of course, need to know. I also have tags like dear agent. There are 19 of those right now. surprised there aren't more. Dear Editor, I am not an editor, but sure, go for it. Dear Sirs, there are six. Dear Editor, there are five. Nobody appears to have an offer of representation they're waiting on right now, which is exciting. Sometimes I get seven in one week where they say, I have an offer, I need to hear back from you in two days. Ah, We have three that call me Mrs. Sinsheimer. We have 14 that say Ms. Jane as opposed to Dear uh, Ms. Fryman. They seem to think that it's... Sarah Jane, full name, versus Sarah Jane Freeman, Two, claiming to have the next bestseller, common. Dear Sir, Madam, eight. To Whom It May Concern, ten. And yeah, I think we've got a few in the folder I have that I mark amusing, just because it's people making mistakes that I find amusing and have pointed them out for the interns, so they can, once again, feel much better about their writing. I find almost everyone who goes in here, ends up feeling a lot better about their writing because the average person does zero research. I'm not even kidding. Like if you do any research at all, you are in the top 50%. So feel good about yourself.
0: Okay. So that was really interesting and I know you really well and I know this process really well and I'm still confused. So how can I clarify? Okay. So this is the piece that you went over really quickly that I feel like as writers, we don't really get. Tell us how the interns work for you. So they spend most
1: of their time reading manuscripts and leaving comments on them. I would say that's probably 90% of their time. It's not an internship where I'm like, go make me coffee. Because frankly, no one makes coffee strong enough. I seem to be the only person who likes it opaque, like practically thick enough that you could stand a spoon up. Yeah, you it. like, like I, coffee. <laughs> I am into it. I am all about the Italian roast and the French press. Like, to me, that is what coffee should be. So I would rather be the one who makes the coffee. And today, I lined up three iced coffees, first of the season, um, for the office. And everyone agreed that it tasted good. They just don't seem to have the, uh, I don't want to say bravery, but they they don't have the gumption to go for putting as much uh, in the way of grounds in the French press as I do.
0: So you guys can all see at home that Jessica... Takes her coffee seriously. She comes in, she supercharges herself, and then she hits this query inbox. So, for you, is it just about dates? Do you start with the last date, or is there a place that you start when you're attacking your inbox?
1: Yes. So, I have two inboxes. I have the requested work inbox, which is the manuscripts. And in that one, I do not go in order at all. I go in order of what I think is the most likely to get an offer first. Because I have to be in there to read stuff in time, frankly. And I really like to be the first person to make an offer. Because then you know that it's not just that I, like, jumped on board. Not that anyone really does that. But, like, you know, then you know that I am willing to take that chance on you. And I definitely see it, even if no one else does. So I love being that person to show that faith. And to do that, I have to go for the things that I think are going to get an offer first. So that is one thing in the queries. It is all oldest to newest. One thing is though that a lot of people will check in. And because it's a Gmail based system that we use, every time you check in, it adjusts the date of your query. So I've absolutely seen people who check in at three weeks, then check in three weeks later, then check in three weeks later, getting madder and madder. The thing is, I haven't actually seen their query. I just have to like wait for them to stop doing that. And then I'll eventually see it. And then I'll see this whole thread of them, like basically not cursing me out over email, but getting more and more frustrated as time goes by. And it's like, well, you know, first of all, I don't generally respond to queries in three weeks. I would say six weeks is more standard. And it's funny because I think that that is actually on par with what everyone else is doing, but I get so much guilt about it. You know, like, why can't you do this faster? Why can't you do this? Well, Honestly, because on average, I'm receiving 39.98 queries a day if we're looking at Monday through Friday. So it's not that I'm just, again, sitting here like, I'm just not going to get back to you. Ha ha ha. I don't derive any pleasure from making people wait. If anything, it's kind of like a low hum of guilt all the time. And after a while, you can sort of like function with that low hum there. Um, but it's, it's, yeah, it's always there. I always feel bad about it. And it really doesn't help when people are like, you know, if you were just better at life, you could get back to me faster.
0: It sounds like if you have 800 queries waiting, if you don't have a system in place, if you're just going willy nilly, that it would just get way too overwhelming and confusing.
1: And it's also not really fair. It's not really fair to keep people like waiting different amounts of time. I mean, it's not really fair on the manuscript inbox either, but at least there, there's a, a reason for it. I don't see any reason for it in the query inbox because it's not like I look at your name and I'm like, oh, I knew someone with that name and I hated her. So you get to wait. It's not like that. It's not personal at all. You're basically pixels to me at this point. So it's just a matter of what date it comes in. And if you've been checking in every three weeks, you will wait
0: longer. When you said you're basically pixels to me, I feel like that might be the best new writing. Um.
1: (laughs) Oh, it sounds so heartless, though. I meant it just in terms of like, I'm not judging you based off of any information I have before I click on it. Like, I don't know, unless you're saying something completely ridiculous in the subject line, which people do, you know, next bestseller. Okay. Unless you're doing that, most queries are just query and then title and most titles are fine. Um, I tend to get a lot of titles that are like adjective, plural noun for some reason. I don't really love that formula just because I see it all the time. Um, but even if, even if that's in there, that's okay. Like, honestly, I'm not really scanning. Most of the time I click on one and then I hit that button to go to the next email after I've decided what to do with the first one. And yeah, it's just a matter of trying to make it as efficient and human as possible. I have about 15 different response letters Everyone gets a response. Um, If you wanted me to be faster, I would have to give up responding to people. So it's that whole spectrum of like, how personal is it? The more personal it is, the longer it's going to take. Sorry, just how it's going to be. I would rather be slow and thoughtful than fast and impersonal.
0: Great. Well, that cleared it up. So should we dive in for 10 queries in 10 minutes?
1: Okay. So this first one just has The genre in the subject line, and it's not capitalized, which first of all is a little concerning. And it's for a bunch of small pieces, which is a little bit harder. But the author has a good platform, which she's smart enough to put right away. Um, And actually the the writing is pretty good. It's a really short uh, query, which is okay because it's very clear all of the main points. Um, For nonfiction, it's not something that you have to really elaborate on in the same way. So yeah, in this case, I would absolutely read the sample. Here's another one. Again, it's just the title and the subject line. This is a YA sci-fi. Interesting. The writing is also good here. Sorry, guys. Usually I would be going through these and saying, oh, there is one sentence and it's not punctuated at all. I guess today we are having a good day. Yeah, this is a really interesting concept. It's close enough to being in our world that I can relate to it emotionally, which I think is really important if you are setting your book in a world that is not ours. One thing that concerns me a little bit is that the way it talks about technology sounds a little bit like an adult saying, you know, kids these days and their technology. Um, You have to be really careful about that. I think teenagers pick up on that incredibly quickly. And if there's any hint of all these silly kids with their tech and that's all they do now, they're not going to like that very much. I think, um, oh, here's a mention of one of my authors, so they've done their research, which I appreciate. Yeah, the first few lines of the sample are good. You'll note that I almost always look at the sample because I think the query on the first pages are completely different skills. There are actually a lot of people who are really, really great at writing first pages and really terrible at queries, but guess what? It's a lot easier for me to write a pitch for a really fantastic book than to try to sell something that is a not great book, but with a great pitch. So that's a a big reason why I always look at these. So that one, I would read the sample and then decide. Here's another one. Really dramatic title in the subject line, not capitalized. And then it just starts with the setting and the year. I think to me, this query is facts forward versus story forward. And well, the facts are useful, they don't really help me feel grounded if there isn't any sensory language at all. If you're only appealing to my head, I'm just not going to feel as drawn into the story as I would be if you really make it something that shows how much we can step into the story and feel the things the characters are feeling. Because if I only wanted facts, I wouldn't be reading fiction, right? So when you're pitching fiction, I think images really help you. I think specific language really helps you. I think it has to do with the way that our brains process imagery a lot more quickly than they do words. So I think if you can appeal to multiple parts of our brain, we're going to really get in there and feel what you're feeling. And even if there's something in there that's slightly confusing we'll still keep reading because we feel like we get it on an emotional level, which is really important. So I think this one is a little bit too fact-heavy for me, which makes me think that probably the book itself is told in that way, so I think that would be a pass for me. Here is a query. The subject line is just a query. It starts by saying what it is not, which is a little bit confusing to me because it says, my proposed book title is not, and then there's a huge list of what it isn't. And What it says instead is that it's going to do what no one else has done, but I need to see a really big argument for that if that's what you're claiming you're going to do, because that's a really big statement. And the thing is, a lot of people think that they're doing something no one else has done when in fact I see 10 of those each week. Um, I see a lot of the same things over and over again, and actually a lot of the stuff covered in this book is stuff that I do see over and over again. So you have to be really careful with statements like that. I think it's a really risky thing to say you're doing something no one else is doing uh, because statistically that's just not true. I also think it's really hard to have a good sense with your own work about how different it is. I remember one time I was at an MFA meet and greet and four separate people came up to me and said, I've written something that's never been done before. It's about someone who moves from the Midwest to New York to attend an MFA program. And every single person who said that was absolutely convinced they were the only one who'd done that, but again, four people, one night, one room, two hours, and I heard four of them. So you have to be really careful about language like that. And actually, uh, ironically, I would say no to this one query just because it is something that I do see all the time. Here is a mystery thriller. It's kind of listing the cast versus telling me anything about plot. So I know I've said this over and over again, but you want a great formula is protagonist wants goal, but can't because of conflict. So they do X, which results in Y. In this case, I don't know who the protagonist is because I'm flooded with a whole bunch of characters at once. I think the general rule is you want to name up to three characters in your query. This one names like 10 in the first paragraph. I can't, Detangle who is the protagonist. And while it's fine for things to be complicated, this has so much going on. I can't really figure out where we are because all of the characters appear to be in different places and yet somehow connected. Um, so if I'm this confused by your query letter, I think that's probably a sign that the book itself is going to be confusing. I'm scrolling down to the pages. Wow. Okay, so this is actually pretty surprising. The pages are actually... They could belong in a lot of books. I think one thing you want to do with both your query and your first page is to prioritize the sentences that can only go in your book and leave out the stuff that could belong in someone else's because that specificity is what's going to set you apart. Again, the theme of wanting to be set apart. Oh, that's funny. Here's another book that says there's actually a query that begins with talking about how often we probably hear we've never heard this concept before, which is funny. Um, There are a lot of coincidences in the query pile. Like, it's pretty amazing how often we get stuff that's similar. I remember there was this one week where we got three books from the perspective of a 10-year-old girl set in 1940s Florida, which seems unlikely, right? Uh, But we did. Like, that happens all the time. Oh, no. Okay. So, yes, this query basically says... I know you hear all the time, things are different. My book is different. And then it's another concept that I really, really, really do see all the time. I'm sorry.
0: This is just really weird. Uh, well, I mean, that, that, why? that you the themes that you brought up are, are randomly, we're randomly picking these people. <laughs> this is a random sampling. you yeah. set this up for everyone to do the same thing.
1: Yeah, another thing that's strange about this. Yeah, so the way I'm picking these, they're on my phone because the internet's not cooperating right now because, you know, it must know we're recording, therefore let's panic. And so what I'm doing is I'm just looking at these. um, I've logged into the system on my phone, and I'm just taking my finger and scrolling and dropping it on one to read. So that's how I'm picking these. That is random. However, there are so many queries that say this is unlike anything you've ever heard before. What you just saw, uh, heard, I guess, is that this really does happen all the time. So it happens often enough that I'm actually not that surprised that I've seen two like that in um, the past few minutes. So yeah, that last one, again, emphasizes how unique it is. It's something we probably get three or four a week, at least. Okay, here's one. It just says submission. Okay. Interesting. All right. So they prove their research in the first line, which I always like. And then there's a weird casual line about. Eh, I just felt like I would email you and tell you about this book. Okay, it's a little, um, it's a little casual. Think about this as kind of like your cover letter for a job interview, uh, but with more voice, more fun. You just don't want to be like, "Eh, figured I'd send you my book. No big deal." Um, <laughs> you know, it's it's we do want you to take your work seriously. This is a psychology book with a new premise that actually is new but I'm confused by what it means. So one thing you have to keep in mind is that because we're reading quickly, our reading comprehension absolutely tanks. So you need to help us out a little bit. If it's the sort of thing where if we miss one word, we're just not going to understand you, that's not going to do you any favors. Try to be really, really, really clear. Um, I'm not saying talk down to us like we're dumb, but I'm saying, try to really spell out what you're saying. This query kind of goes back and forth between sort of explaining the concept. It looks like it's kind of on the border of memoir and psychology, but the query jumps back and forth between memoir and psychology in a way that's a little bit odd. Um, I think a lot of people try to do this book where they use their own experiences to illustrate a new idea in psychology, but this feels really personal versus universal and I can't figure out what the layer is that has to do with these new beliefs and it goes on for a really long time this query is probably four pages yeah I think so I'm still scrolling yeah it's probably four pages and then no actual sample pages okay and then there's another title at the bottom that doesn't appear to have anything to do with the four pages we just looked at So when I get that confused by something in my inbox, my thought is generally, well, if I don't get it, it would be irresponsible for me to take it on, so I'm going to bow out so someone who does understand it can have a chance. I think that is probably the fairest to do that. So um, that would be a no for me just because I don't understand it, and if I don't understand it, I'm not going to be able to help you. Let's see. Here's another one. Oh, okay. Um, According to this author... This book only needs a dynamic, that's the word used, publisher to make it a bestseller. Um, Then it lists previous publications and says there are 10 pages attached. So I'm going to need a bit more than that. That's not really a query. And then, oh, wait, but there aren't 10 pages attached. There's a synopsis attached. Yeah, I don't understand why people do that. People seem to think that a synopsis and pages and queries are all interchangeable. But they're all really different things for really different purposes. And to be honest, when people send me a query um, and then I request it and read their manuscript, sometimes I offer representation having never read the synopsis because if I like the book, I figure we can work out the synopsis together. Um, I think synopses are annoying most of the time. And usually I don't want to know the ending before I begin reading. So I usually skip them. So when I get something like this where it's just a paragraph... And it's promising it's going to be a bestseller. And um, there's not anything resembling pages attached, just a synopsis. I really don't know what to do with that. And so I could start a back and forth where I ask the author for pages. And I've done that before, and then they argue with me. So it's one of those strange things where it's like, I could start that dialogue, but also I would hope that you would have the sense to follow submission guidelines and if you aren't following them does that mean you're going to fight with me on everything um we don't know so that to me would also probably be a no here is a middle grade fantasy oh proves its research in the first line which i really appreciate the voice is great it reads like middle grade i mean it reads like an adult who understands a middle grade voice Um, It's not in the character's voice, which is uncomfortable. I don't like when people do that. There are a few cliche lines in here. So again, you want to make sure every line is as specific to yours as possible. Okay, so we're going in a direction that is a type of fantasy that doesn't work as well for me, where we are completely going into another world, um, and it's got some magical creatures in it. Um, I tend to have a harder time with things that are actual magical creatures on the page. I don't know if we've talked about blender settings where it's like, okay, you take the world, put it in a blender, uh, hit a low setting, and it's basically our world. Hit a high setting, and it's, you know, in space and another time with some creatures that don't resemble us. Um, I tend to like a blender setting up to about 6. This would be probably a 10, um, so the writing isn't bad, but I, whenever something like this happens, I feel like I need a counterbalance of a really human, relatable conflict. And just to counterbalance this world that is harder to relate to unless you do a really good job describing it. Honestly, I go in assuming that most writers are going to have some trouble describing their world because world building is really hard so if I don't have that emotional tug it's harder for me to get into a story that's set in a world that's so different from ours here is another query the subject line is in all caps Uh, a lot of the query is in all caps interesting okay so this is a diary format novel and often when I get something in diary format I We'll usually ask the author if they're willing to weave it into one longer narrative, because if we're following time as the organizational uh, framework here, I feel like there are so many narrative opportunities missed in most cases. So I would definitely ask that of this author um, if it was something that I wanted to read more of. Um, Again, this is somebody who did not attach any pages, so... I have no idea if the pages are good or not. Um, The resume is good. The writing is fine in the query. Um, Yeah, I think I will ask that person for 10 pages just to see. It's always nice, though, if someone has looked up our submission guidelines, we do ask for 10 pages with every query. Here's one that just says they're looking for a book deal. Oh, man, and they CC'd 205 people. Cool. Cool. So they're just saying everything is attached. They published with Amazon and iTunes. Oh, but not a single copy has sold. Okay. And during the synopsis, I cannot figure it out. There are a lot of footnotes, and it looks kind of between political conspiracy and religious book, neither of which really work for me, but the combination is kind of difficult as well. Um, So that one would probably be a no. Um, oh! Oh, wow. They they sent that same thing a bunch of times. Okay. Here's a picture book. They follow me on Twitter. Noticed on your blog. I don't have a blog. Okay. Um, but yes, I am open to picture books. Okay, it's a cute concept. Yeah, it's a cute enough concept. Um, they mention another book, actually, that I would be more interested in than this one. Um, so that's the sort of thing where I would probably read the sample pages, and then ask if the other one is available. So you're not supposed to pitch mul- multiple books at a time because it's overwhelming and it's harder for us to know how to deal with that. Like if you fit yourself into the system of what you're supposed to do, you'll get a faster response. Um, that's just how it is. If you have sent seven books at a time, then I would theoretically need to look at at least some of them to get an idea. And then I can't send you a form letter because I'd need to pluralize everything. And honestly, that would probably just be sitting in my tag of get back to this person for a while, because as soon as it's a more complicated answer, the longer it's going to take. But you are allowed to mention in one line something else that you're working on. And I think that's often to your benefit because, first of all, we want someone who is good as a career-long author. We don't want someone just for one book. And also, if that book appeals to us more and we like your writing, we might ask to see it. So it's very possible that I will ask to see this other project as opposed to the one that's been pitched here. Last one. Uh, Okay, so this is a poetry book. We don't really work on poetry. Um, We get a lot of, I mean, we're officially open to all genres, but we don't really do poetry. We don't really do short stories. And yet we get so many of both. It's amazing. Um, At any given time, we probably have 40 or 50 Uh, Poetry and short story submissions, and it's funny because I think a lot of people have the idea that those are easier to write than full length novels, which just isn't true. But yeah, we get a ton of them, and it's possible, of course, that if you have a full length book, um, we could make a multi book deal for you where the short stories would get published um, at some point and the full length novel would get published as well. But I think before I took on a book of shorter pieces, I would want something that is full length and one long narrative just to prove that you can do it. It's, I mean, it's not impossible to sell short stories, but it is harder. And in terms of poetry, it's just not really something that I'm comfortable working on. It's it's not that I think poetry is bad. I like it. I read it. I love going to poetry clubs, um, especially the ones where people snap. I find that adorable. And, and I have friends who are poets. It's just that... It's not something that I feel comfortable editing myself and I'm not going to, if I don't feel comfortable editing your work, I'm not going to take it on.
0: Thank you so much. That
1: was lovely. You're welcome. I hope I have not crushed too many dreams here.
0: Well, I I think, I think for me, it just shows, I mean, it shows the amount that you guys have to sit through to find stuff that you really want and and like and enjoy and how hard you need to work on each and every piece that comes through your slush. I mean, that, that making meaning is serious business. Making meaning is serious business, indeed. Serious business. (laughs) And, you know, for all of you out there, of course, we have plenty of opportunity for you to upload your query on our 10-minute events. Um, It's a great way to get feedback.
1: Yeah, if you would like to get feedback on your query from an agent who reads these, just like we do, you can head on over to manuscriptacademy.com slash 10, T-E-N, and find all of the people who are available to give you that feedback. Sometimes you just can't know how much we see something until you ask us. So I think it's really important to get that perspective if you can. Yes,
0: very good. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jelly. We are so glad that you joined us. And as always, we appreciate your feedback. Just head on over to the iTunes store and let us know what you think. It not only helps us make this podcast be the best it can be, but it also affects our ratings within the iTunes platform. We'd love to hear from you.
1: If you're feeling brave and want to submit your page for our First Pages podcast, you can send it to academy at manuscriptwishlist.com with First Pages podcast
0: in the subject line. We'd also just love to hear from you. And if you'd like to learn more about the Manuscript Academy and everything we have to offer... Just jump on over to manuscriptacademy.com.